Welcome to the Relationship Anxiety Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we are talking about relationship vulnerability. Hey guys, what's up? How are y'all doing today? I am recording this podcast on a rainy day here in Alabama. It's a Saturday, and I have been way too in the furniture zone. (laughs) I've been looking at all the websites, trying to figure out all the things for the house that we have not even moved into yet. (laughs) Do any of you guys notice like your decision-making style and relationship tends to carry over to other areas of your life or vice versa? I feel this immediate need to figure out all the things when I don't need to. I don't need to know everything about what we're doing with our house yet. We can just take it one day at a time and and it's super fun on one hand, but yet it's crazy how easily our brains can just get so focused. Like I think with our relationships, it's this mode of I need to figure it out, I need to figure it out, I need to figure it out versus allowing things to unfold and just enjoying the process. I don't know, for me, the furniture shopping thing, the whole house thing, it's really fun when I just like enjoy it and let it happen. When I immediately have to figure it all out right now and know every single little detail, not so fun. (laughs) So, sorry guys, I feel like anything in my life, I'm always relating to my clients and and relationship anxiety. So (laughs) thanks for listening to me talk about my life. But I wanted to talk to you guys today about relationship vulnerability. And this was just kind of an aha moment. I had uh, coaching a client this week that I just had to share with you guys. So first, listener shout out time. So today's review is from Nope. 0512-7272. You know who you are. Um, So this person wrote, wow, I absolutely love this. I have insane anxiety around relationships. I had an amazing man come into my life and my relationship is healthy. It's amazing in so many ways. I tend to spin out of control to my past and always expect the worst constantly. The advice, guidance, and explanation you put into words has helped so much. In a world where I felt alone and crazy came to light that it's normal and there are ways to cope and control these outbursts of uncertainty and anxiety. Thanks so much. Thank you for that very sweet review. So, y'all ready to talk about relationship vulnerability? (laughs) It's probably not what you guys think it's going to be. Um... So I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with Brene Brown and her work on vulnerability, but she talks a lot about shame and vulnerability. And she talks about how shame is this sense of I'm not good enough. And we all have this thing within us in our brains, I believe, that is like constantly questioning if we're good enough and we have different ways that our brain looks for it our brain's looking for why we're not good enough or what's gone wrong with our lives and many of us with relationship anxiety that good enoughness and what's wrong with our lives is channeled into 
looking at what's gone wrong in our relationship or have we made the wrong choice or are we not good enough in the relationship or is our partner not good in the relation good enough in the relationship so shame is the core fear that we have that we are not good enough that something is wrong with us and many of us and like again every human has this in different ways and we all have different things and reasons that we believed growing up we weren't good enough like maybe you thought you weren't pretty enough or you weren't smart enough or you were always a little bit awkward or you felt like you didn't get things as quickly as other kids did athletically or whatever it is there's some reason that your brain has been able to find for why you are not as good as those around you. And if you are a perfectionist like me, <laughs> you've worked very, very hard to improve yourself, to make yourself better, to run away from this fear of not being good enough. That if I can just perfect myself and then maybe I can believe that I am good enough. So I would work really, really hard in different areas of my life of, okay, like I'm gonna try to work out more or set goals to eat better so I can be more athletic or more in shape or I'm gonna study really, really hard to make sure I do well in all of these tests and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do really hard to make sure I'm good enough in this class or I'm gonna try different things with how I look, getting new clothes, new hair, new makeup, so that I can make myself prettier. And so I would do different things to improve myself. <laughs> I say that with air quotations. Um, in order to help myself finally feel like I was good enough. And maybe I would see areas in my life where I progressed or improved. Um, you know, like I worked a lot in junior high, I was afraid of being awkward, so I worked really hard on being social and being able to be good at interacting with people. And, and then people would compliment me and say how sociable I was and what a great personality I had. And then I got to feel better about myself and think, okay, I'm good enough now. But then the thing is my brain would find some other area I wasn't good enough. Like I would notice some other girl that I thought was more fun or had a better personality and I should be more like her. or um, that I still wasn't pretty enough, even though my new haircut was really cute. That, and this is how our brain works. Whatever your thing is that your brain thinks you're not good enough for this reason or that reason, you go to work fixing it. And your brain continuously believes you're not good enough until that thing is fixed. <laughs> and you might temporarily get to feel better about yourself, but then your brain will go find some other reason you're not good enough because your brain's continuously on the hunt for that. Now, many of us try to hide and fix this part of ourselves. We are being perfectionists, continuously striving for improvement to compensate, to make ourselves good enough so that other people will not see us and our flaws. We try to hide our flaws, we try to conceal them um, and we try to eliminate them so that we can finally be worthy of the love and belonging that we so desperately, desperately crave. So we've spent however many years of our lives in this dance of 
constantly working on trying to control ourselves and make ourselves better so that we can be good enough and be worthy of love. And then into our life comes a guy who is amazing and treats us so good and who adores us and we adore him. But yet, all of a sudden, our fears of not being good enough are through the roof. We're afraid. We're afraid that maybe he's too good enough, good for us and that he might see us for who we truly are, that he might see how flawed and messed up and human <laughs> we are, that we're not really as amazing as he might think, that all of our striving for perfection was just a facade that tricked him into being in a relationship with us and eventually he might see through that and not really love us. So we start freaking out about how he might go find someone better. Or on the flip, we become very, very afraid that maybe he isn't good enough. That we have done so much work to improve ourselves and try to make ourselves good enough and perfect. But yet, as much control as we put on ourselves, we cannot control him. Like we worry that maybe the way he dresses isn't good enough. That maybe he's not athletic enough. That maybe he isn't social and cool enough. That maybe he's not good looking enough. Because we know other people are going to see him. And that other people might judge him just as we've been so afraid of other people judging us, that it's very possible other people will judge our partner and that they will then in turn use that as a reason to judge us. Which I know on a surface level, maybe not super rational, but this is totally what our brains do is we're at a dinner party and our partner makes a joke and all of a sudden we are scanning the room to see if everyone else is laughing or if they're making a weirded out face because we're afraid everyone else is thinking he is weird and not social enough, that he's not good enough. You could have done better. And therefore that reflects on you, that you still have not achieved perfection, that you still are not good enough no matter how hard you try. And so then we do this crazy thing of trying to control. So we, we try to change the, the way that he acts. We make a comment and say, hey, you probably shouldn't make a joke like that in the future. Or we try to um, get him to dress differently. Or our brain just goes to, okay, I just need to go find some different guy. Like, obviously, this is not the guy for me because... If this were the right guy, I would be swooning all the time and he would just be super cool and smooth and athletic and he'd always dress well. Like, that's the kind of guy that I'm supposed to be with, not a guy that makes a joke that some people think is awkward. Like, that's what our brains rationalize, is that we're, we're just always wanted to be with that cooler guy or more athletic guy or better looking guy. But underneath that, 
as, as rational as that argument our brain makes might sound to us sometimes, underneath that is the insecurity that he is not enough. And underneath that is that we are not enough. That we are inadequate and therefore our partner is inadequate. And if we can somehow make ourselves perfect and good enough and we can somehow find this perfect guy, then we no longer need to feel inadequate. Then we can feel worthy of belonging and being loved. But the thing is, you can go search for that guy that is more social or maybe dresses a little bit better, um, but then there's going to be something else, something else that your brain might fixate on and be like, look, he's still not good enough. Like, yeah, this guy, he's really great at dinner parties and makes the best jokes, but sometimes I don't like the way he talks to me and people probably see that and are judging our relationship and judging the way we interact with each other. There's always going to be some reason he is not good enough. Just like our brain's always looking for reasons we aren't good enough. The same goes for the relationship. No matter who the guy is, our brain can still be in that mode. And our brain thinks that, oh, the easiest way to get out of it is just go find someone perfect, but good luck. I mean, we've been trying to perfect ourselves for how many years and we can still nitpick and tear ourselves apart. And the crazy thing is this whole dance that we do is all in the name of finding love and belonging. But yet, Brene Brown in her research where she talks about shame and this sense of not good enough, that the people that had the biggest sense of shame were the most disconnected and felt the most unloved. And the people that had the most shame were also the people who were hiding it. The people who were trying to control their image, trying to not let other people see them as the flawed human being that they are. And the more they kept up that image and that wall, the more deep down inside they felt broken and inadequate. Now, she found another group of people that still had these fears of not being enough, but they had an antidote to shame, which if you guys want to learn more about this, go look up Brene Brown's TED Talk on YouTube. Um, but she calls this group of people bravehearted. And these people were willing to be vulnerable. They were willing to admit their flaws. They were willing to let other people see where they screwed up. They were willing to admit how they did things wrong. They weren't trying to pretend that they had it all together. They were willing to be seen. And that the more accepting they were of themselves and their own flaws and acknowledging them and being open about them, that they actually experienced not only less shame, but they had a stronger sense of love and belonging. See, shame is 
ultimately the fear of disconnection. That, as Brene Brown describes it, is that if people see this thing about you that's wrong, that's flawed, that they see that you're not enough, they won't connect with you. It's this fear of kind of get, getting left out of the pack. And the interesting thing is, is that shame, while it's the fear of disconnection, is what actually disconnects us from those around us, from our partner, from our friends and family. The people who are willing to be vulnerable, the wholehearted, are not only willing to be vulnerable and show what's wrong with them, it's like their willingness to be seen is ultimately what creates that connection that we all so crave. And they have a belief that they are worthy of love. And that was what gave them that sense of being loved. So how this connects to relationship anxiety and our fear of people seeing us as not, maybe our partner is seeing us as not enough and maybe them finding someone else or potentially other people seeing our partner as inadequate and us running around trying to control our partner or get a different perfect one. So ultimately, no one sees us for our humanness. But what if we were willing to let people see us for who we are, to let our partner see us for who we truly are, to allow other people to see our partner for who they are, to see their flaws and all, for us to be willing to see them in their flaws. And vulnerability is that willingness to be seen allowing other people to say to see who we are not this perfect facade of like here's me pretending to be perfect and then I'm going to go find this perfect guy so he can help maintain my perfect perfect facade in the end the connection that you really want is by recognizing and finally admitting to yourself like I am amazing and wonderful but I also am really flawed and I have a lot of things that make me human and messed up and same with my partner that He's amazing and wonderful, but he also has lots of flaws. And allowing people to see that and not trying to pretend otherwise. And the crazy thing is when you finally do this, they'll allow yourself to be seen, allowing your partner to be seen for who you are and who he is, instead of trying to get him to be perfect or trying to find someone perfect, is that's when you really are able to experience love because love means being vulnerable. Love means, in Brene Brown's words, love means there are no guarantees. And so many of us crave feeling love, feeling excitement about our relationship, but that can't be available to us when we're demanding everything to be perfect. Love comes from opening up to flaws, accepting flaws, allowing other people to see flaws. As Brene Brown explained it, willing to let go of who you should be in order to be who you are. And similarly, 
being willing to let go of who you think your partner should be in order to be who he is. Allow, he's going to be who he is anyways, but you being able to feel love and enjoy the relationship means being willing to let go of this idea of who your partner should be and being willing to open up to loving an imperfect, flawed human. And yes, other people are going to judge you. And yes, other people are going to judge him. But will you still believe that you are worthy and deserving of love? And that he is worthy and deserving of love, independent of what anyone else in the world thinks. Because in the end, their opinions really don't matter. It comes down to you and what you feel. What are you wanting to create with your life? Because trying to pretend to be perfect for everyone else, they're still going to be judging you. They're still going to think things are wrong. Even if you go find that guy that seems to be perfect, there's still going to be people who will judge him and find things that are wrong. And then you can be anxious about it. And he's not going to be perfect. <laughs> Just let me know. <laughs> but the irony of all of this is the more willing you are to be open and acknowledging your flaws instead of trying to run from them and trying to fix everything all the time about you or about him is the more connection you're going to actually have with other people. As much as your brain might be afraid, other people might reject you because of what they think of your partner. The opposite is actually true. That the more willing you are to be honest of your flaws, like the more people are going to want to connect with you. Like, I think we all know someone who acts like they're perfect and probably thinks they're perfect and it can be kind of annoying. But the person who's willing to be real and kind of make fun of themselves and like, yeah, proud of themselves and confident, but yet they're still human and they know it and they're willing to admit that is so attractive to us. We, we love that person because we, we know that within ourselves. We, we resent the person who pretends to be perfect and acts like they are and thinks they are because deep down we know we're not perfect. And we love the person who's willing to be real and honest with us because deep down we know that we're flawed too. So whenever your brain starts worrying about what other people might think about you, about him, that maybe he might reject you, is that remind yourself that, that your flaws are actually are not a reason that people won't accept you, but it's actually an opportunity to connect with people and that your flaws and his flaws might actually be some of the most beautiful things about you. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in today, you guys. Sorry it was such a long one, but come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm working on showing up there more. I, I've been kind of slacking on Instagram, but I'm going to start doing more Q&As, so you guys definitely want to come hang out over there. It's Mikkel Kristen, M-C-K-E-L-L-K-R-I-S-T-E-N. And thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll talk next week. Bye.